Welcome to Who's the Blame, the podcast with your host, Dre Montez, coming to you from Studio 63, and we're brought to you by the Weed Squad St. Louis. Feel free to stop by their location at 8088 Watson Road, or check them out at theweedsquad.com for all your medicinal information. As well, brought to you by Nextcore. Go to thenextcore.com for your virtual tour today. Check it out, especially for my entrepreneurs, not-for-profit, for-profit, whatever path you may be on, we're all looking for a co-working space or think tank. So check those guys out today. It is a unusual, strange day. I'm going to label this day as Mamba Mentality Monday, as we were all given some incredible, incredible news yesterday. You know, the typical Sunday didn't go the way any of us planned. I don't think any day really goes any way that it is planned. But Sundays are my release day. I get to relax, do a lot of writing, do a lot of the process to get the week going. And I started out with some acoustic Sunrise every Sunday. I love it. It, it sets the tone for the day. But yesterday, the tone was kind of shifted in a direction that I, I didn't foresee. I've been a fan of sports for quite some time, whether you know me in person or you just have heard of me through the Internet. But I've been a huge component of sports since a very young age. Thank you to my father. I don't look at it as a curse. I look at it as a blessing. Sports has never been a bad thing to me. And I've played a variety of sports throughout my life. And at 49 years old, the way sports came into my life was possibly a lot different for anyone that's over the age, I mean, under the age of 30. Sports is probably different for the way it was introduced to you. Sports was introduced to me in different ways around the same time. Hearing baseball called on the radio through my grandmother. Seeing my father play baseball and softball. Playing sports at a young age, at the age of seven is the earliest I remember. And then getting attached to the people in the box. Going to a sporting event. Believing in a number. Trying to mimic your pregame as an athlete. You know, all those rituals of Sports, childhood, upbringing, all came together yesterday. And I'm going to try to make it through this podcast without getting too emotional. Because yesterday was a different type of day. I just couldn't get past it. So my first contact with an athlete that I admired outside of my father, you know, was at a very young age. I saw in that Met Daryl Porter at a young age, former St. Louis Cardinal, great catcher. From me learning how to shine shoes in the projects through my great friend, Coach Pat, the STL pressure. Being that close-knitted to that Cardinals team showed me another side of athletes. As I'm getting older and getting an interest in basketball, this Michael Jordan character comes out of nowhere. It just takes my passion for basketball even further. So now I'm, in, I'm, I'm a huge, I'm a basketball fan. I've never owned a Jordan 
jersey ever in my life. I've only owned one pair of Jordans in my entire life. And I won those at my job because my sales were so good. Imagine that. <laughs> they gave me a pair of Jordans. The patent leather ones. Black and red. Those. I think they were the number 13s. And seeing Michael Jordan play in the NBA in Charlotte, North Carolina at the Hive. That was something else. Attending Michael Jordan's last All-Star game in Atlanta, that was something else. I've never raised my voice to that level outside of singing for an athlete in my life until I saw Michael Jordan. Very first time I saw Michael Jordan, I was 19 years old in boot camp. Blew my mind. You know, 6'6 was real tall to me back then. And I'm standing at 6'2". <laughs> but the way I felt and followed Michael Jordan, that was right there. Whatever it is, 2-3 and this black and red do, I'm going to follow. Now, I didn't play ba basketball. I was a baseball guy. But I dabbled in basketball. But it wasn't about that with Jordan. That, it was just his technique, the way he prepared for the opponent that did it. And this is with every athlete. You know, there comes a time when it's time to hang them up. They're going to fade off. They're going to retire. And it happened with Michael Jordan. I wasn't prepared for it. Not at all. Was not prepared for it. Got emotional? Of course. When athletes get old that you admire and that you become very, very fond of, it's hard to let go. I did the same thing with John Elway. Fell in love with him in 1982. In love. I actually wanted to finish high school, not go in the Navy, move to Colorado, and sell cars for John Elway. That was my dream. Then he retired. Didn't handle that well. I was searching for someone, needing someone. And this Kobe Bryant kid comes along. This guy took Brandy to his high school prom. His swagger at that time, the way he wore his hair, just really got me the way he played ball, but he played ball differently than anybody else. It was the way his skill set would set in. The guy dominated the game on both ends of the court. He got better and better each year, better and better each year. That mindset, the innovation of Black Mambo, here it comes. Then we hear stories. Some people are very forthcoming about their professional career in sports. Some are very offset. Kobe let you in if he, if he wanted you to be in. He would dominate you on the court. Let his actions speak. Here we go. His trash talk was different than anybody else's. So I studied that and I became a fan of Kobe being Bryant. Whatever that man was going to do, I'm there. And in all sports, we all do this. I don't care what you say, what you do. You all mimic or try to emulate someone that you've admired in sports, in your craft, whatever sport you play for as an amateur sport. Some pros do it. They try to do something of some favorite athlete that they follow. 
whether you play poker, you try to have the black mamba mentality stirred out. If you're a fisherman, you're out there on that water by yourself. You try to get in that black mamba mentality. You try to focus in and lock in. That's what I'm talking about. So when I played softball, I would try to lock in. When I locked in, that's that black mamba mentality locking you in to focus on really what's at hand. Nothing on the outside matters. Nothing. Few people have done that. Few can do it. But the ones that do, the ones that can, and the ones that know how to, you understand what I'm talking about. When you can go to that place, it's a different type of feeling. And that's what Kobe brought out. And he came along at the right time. I finished my career. I mean, I had no accolades the way that Kobe Bryant did, but I walked away from the game the same year he did, 2016. I'm a huge fan of Kobe Bryant. Kobe Bryant was my favorite NBA player. Favorite NBA player. I've never owned a Kobe jersey. But I had the Kobe Adidas shoes that looked like a spaceship. Again, I won those free at a job for having high sales. But Kobe was different. Saw him playing Charlotte as well. Kobe was very, very, very different. Everything about him from the ups and the downs, I was there. I was there for Kobe. From the time he came in the league, his last game, everything about the dude I admired. More off the court, the behind the scenes Kobe that we got to know. Thank you, social media. But that Kobe, too. I loved it all. His drive, his passion, his vision to go that extra step. He was always prepared for the next thing, as many of us already know. All of, all of us already know that about Kobe. I'm not telling you nothing about Kobe Bryant that you don't know or you will not learn. But what the man meant to me, never met him personally. But I was in the same building that Kobe Bryant was in, and I lost my damn mind. I lost my mind. First time losing a favorite athlete like this one that everybody knew. That look in his eye I will never, ever, ever forget. His last game, the man scored 60 points his last game at 37 years old. At 37 years old. Hell, I got a triple when I was 46. <laughs> I was like him, out of breath. Out of breath. When he walked away from the game, I liked the fact he walked away on his terms. I like that. We've seen too many athletes get forced out. Or something weird or crazy happens. And that's not the way they should have went out. That's the way I wanted Kobe to go out. Not winning a championship, but just playing a basketball game, a game he loved. And watching him play. I don't think the young kids today are ever going to see an athlete of his caliber again. There will never be another Kobe Bryant. No, no. They may play like him, try to do a fadeaway like him, wear their suit like him, cut their hair like him, but they will never, ever, ever, ever be 
another Kobe Bean Bryant. There'll never be another Black Mama. But I guess we're to that point now, as we've all been told, always been told, to celebrate and enjoy in this time of mourning for Kobe Bean Bryant family and friends, as well as to other people that were on the plane as well, as we found out there were a total of nine people on board that perished yesterday. But this Mamba Mentality Monday has taken a whole, put a whole lot of things in different perspectives for me. I, I was already to this point anyway. I just don't look at things the same anymore as I used to 10, 15, 20 years ago. I look at things totally different. You know, it's, it's just made the mindset just change. I don't know if it's things that are going on outside of our control or my control. But I just look at things totally different than the way I used to. You know, Marshawn Lynch wasn't the first one to say, hey, get prepared on your exit strategy. But when you don't have an exit strategy on life, it's kind of hard to get prepared for that. But we all know it's going to come at some point. There's different ways people are going to mourn on this thing. There's different ways people are going to get through this. The different ways people are going to talk about this is when the news broke yesterday, I called Man Cave member Mac. And he's like, well, hold on. He goes straight as we're talking. And he reads off what he saw. And, it, you know, it was just not the typical thing that was supposed to happen. The way this has just been a heck of a past few hours. I mean, it's Kobe Bryant. Kobe being Bryant is dead. Just, I thought long and hard about doing a show today or not, but this is a part of sports. This is a part of sports. This is another reason why I love sports. It's another reason I love it. The caring, the passion, the way the man was, the way he was accepted. Again, through the highs and lows, Kobe. And I love hearing Kobe talk. Love hearing him talk. I can listen to Kobe Bryant talk all day long. His stories are so vivid. It's like you're there with him when he was talking about anything for his business, for his the next level. The Academy Award that he won. He wrote that, he actually wrote that when he was a child. This man had the vision at a young age that he knew he was going to play for the Los Angeles Lakers. That's a mindset that cannot be stopped. A lot of players say they didn't pick up a basketball until they saw Kobe Bryant play. That's mad spec. That's mad love. At Lower Marion High School, they mourned him there. When Kobe Bean Bryant was in high school, his favorite player was Jalen Rose. And we all watched that relationship evolve to what it did. But as a basketball fan, as a Kobe fan, as a man who loves sports, 
very, very hard situation to be dealing with. The Michael Jackson, the Whitney Houston situation, Prince, this here, this is wild. And we look back as a kid from the 70s, I look at everything that transpired that we know of from the 50s up until I was born. That was some tragedy too going on back then. But for a guy this young to have this type of an iconic effect on people, just amazing. Amazing. Michael Jordan and Kobe's relationship was just something you know, Michael Jordan is not the type of person that would just open, open, open up in great detail about that. But I just can imagine the conversations they had, not just about basketball, but about passing the torch, understanding what is outside of basketball, understanding your platform, understanding this method of the elevator thought system as well. Just can imagine what that was like. The NBA probably won't be the same the rest of the year. With the All-Star game fastly approaching, I can only imagine what the NBA has in store for the fans. As I said, the NBA is probably the only sport of the major sports that really gets the fan interaction better than anybody. That in the major sports out there, the NBA gets it. And they're really going to get get it this time. This is going to be truly a, a fan tribute. Let us show Kobe what he meant to us. I mean, we just think of these guys just getting paid millions of dollars, being entertaining to us. But there's another side. There's a husband. There's a father, and here we are, taking and wanting this man to give his every ounce of energy and time to us. And when things go south at home, we don't understand. There's a lot going on for the athlete. With social media the way it is now, we, we tend to know, know it even more now than back in the Dizzy. They didn't share that type of information. We just knew they played ball. That was it. But there's more to it. There's a human being involved in this. And I tell you what, I haven't locked in, locked in on the NBA watching the way I used to when Kobe played. But I'm going to lock in, lock in on the NBA now even more. I want to see who has that next look in their eye that Kobe had. So all these guys are offensively set right now. There's maybe a handful of two-way players that can give you that defense and they can give you them buckets too. There's a handful. Not many can do it for 30-plus minutes. Not many. It's a hard game. Hard game. The NBA, sports world, the business world, and that family 
the families of other people lost some great people yesterday. Amazing people, impactful people. Lost a baseball coach on there. On this Mamba mentality Monday. I'm not lost for words. I just can say too much for too long. I don't know how long I'm going to mourn on this one. I don't think there is no time in mourning. But I'm going to celebrate and appreciate what Kobe Bryant did for the game of basketball, for me, for you, for us, for everyone. How many great athletes do we get to share? Everyone is going to have their favorite Kobe moment. What's your favorite Kobe moment? What, what's yours? What is your favorite Kobe moment? I want to know. We all have those, oh, okay, I remember that. Aha. I mean, what was your favorite Kobe Bryant moment? I have so many, so many. I just can't put one up there. But anytime he had that look in his eye, that's that Kobe Bryant look. That's that look. That's when something about to happen. That's that part in the movie that the, the theme changes, the song in the movie changes, the theme song changes. You know something about to happen. Just when you're chewing the popcorn slower type moment, when you saw that look in Kobe's eyes, here he come. Mama is that man again. They call him Black Mama. The stories about what happened in practice. If that didn't intensify you, he made me want to do that for my team when I played ball. I would talk to my teammates the way Kobe Bryant would talk to his teammates. He wanted to make people around him better. I'm telling you, you're already here. You're already great. But bring it out now. Can you keep it out all the time? What must you do to go to that place? A lot of people don't know how to go to that place. Some people need music. Some people have a routine in the way they put on their uniform, the way they wear their hair. There's something to the method of madness that makes you lock in. And Kobe Bean Bryant was that one that made me lock in. That dude would have me focus and lock in. No matter what's going on in the outside world, none of it mattered. When I stepped on that softball dirt, it's time to lock in. Nothing else matters. I'm done. Here we are. I'm here to play ball. Let's go. I was that way. I can only imagine the amazing stories we're going to hear worldwide on how Kobe being Bryant affected them. I don't think outside of the people that get paid in the WNBA and in women's college basketball and in women's sports, period, they had a bigger damn ambassador out there than Kobe Bryant. That's how I feel. I'm going to miss that dude. More ways than one. I'm going to miss Kobe Bean Bryant. I really am. I thank you for the sponsors again. Thank you. Thank you so much. As we're approaching the big game. Again, congratulations to Game 6 Honky Tonk Joint, located in downtown St. Louis. They're Kansas City Chief football fans. Over in historic Sular, you have Allstate Insurance. Great Grizzly Bear on January 31st. My friend and your friend, Keith Joseph, Master Illusionist, 
Music provided by Steve Reed will be putting on a sold-out show. It may be some tickets available still, but you have to go to Facebook and check it out for yourself. As well as the Woodshack, Hammerstones, 9th Street Deli at Howard's, and also in downtown Bell Vegas, we have the Lincoln Movie Theater. Great family experience. Check them on out. And they serve beer as well. Check out their Oscar contest as the Oscars are coming up very soon. Poor 322, located at 322 East Main. Mm, I can smell the coffee now. Check those guys out. Rogers Place, they're closed on Mondays, but they will be available for you on Tuesday through Sunday. As well as the Office Lounge, Tavern on Main, Margaritas on Main, Seven Bar and Seven Sushi Bar. Cosmic Comics and Collectibles, located at 126 West Main. Bigfoot Comics, located at 101 East B Street as well. If you would like to reach out to the show, you can at moredremontez at gmail.com. If you want to follow us on social media, we have a page on Facebook, Who's to Blame? Instagram, Who's to Blame? The Podcast, and on Twitter, at W2B Dre Montez. As I said, this has been Mamba Mentality Monday. And in the words is my great-grandpappy. Mamba out.